the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, I have actually three law degrees. In addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm a master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of these great master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the most beautiful city. Well, not the most, but one of the most beautiful cities in the world, San Francisco, California. Now, because of my training, my experience, and my lifelong interest in business and economics and the roles that they play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, but I also do debt wealth management, estates and trust, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And as I've shared with you before, I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves more and more the victims of the very pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that can wipe out a life savings in a month, in a moment. And these kinds of pernicious financial elder abuse are running rampant in our country as more and more of us find ourselves reaching retirement age. Now, I'm coming to you again today uh, as I continue my voluntary lockdown from my makeshift studios in my home in another great world-class city. That is to say, the always beautiful city of Oakland, California. And I'm coming to discuss some of the financial and economic and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. And again, I do this because, as I'm known for saying, representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one concerning your money, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. 
a butter knife in a gunfight is in the losing position that, you know, you might be able to, like I said, to sneak up on your adversary with your even really sharp butter knife and scratch her on the arm, or you might be able to poke her in the eye. But I tell you, butter knife, knowledge about the law and procedures against bullets that actually know the law and all the procedures, that puts that butter knife on the losing end. And as such, if you're representing yourself, you're going to find that your valid claims and your righteous defenses are going to see the promised land way before you do. So once again, I must share with you the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and finances. And again, because of the strange financial uh, environment that we all find ourselves in, more than likely the lack thereof. And I want to talk about the overall economic issues that you may need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your small businesses and or your employees' health, wealth, and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. So to continue the discussion, we started last week on the upcoming election. As November 3rd is just a few short days away from the airing of this broadcast uh, on, on the Saturday before the election. So I must, again, urge you to please vote. It, this is an imperative this election season. And if you vote by mail and you haven't already returned your ballot, please make sure that you either take your ballot to the county elections office and drop your sealed and signed ballot in the official county drop box for ballots, not for mail or anything else, but the one that's marked for the election ballots, as I did myself earlier this week. Or you can take your ballot to your official uh, polling place if you have early voting and take it already filled out and use it as your crib notes and, and go there. But some places uh, uh, early voting has already stopped. And in that case, you need to take uh, your already marked ballot to the polls on November 3rd and stay there peacefully in line until you're able to cast your vote even if it takes all day and all night. Now, I'm informed as a person who for many years womaned a polling place in Oakland. And the years that I didn't woman the polling place, I was an official poll watcher. That is to say, I observed the way polling places were working and whether or not people had proper access and the tools that they needed to cast their votes. So I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke when I say this. I know that in California, if you are in line before the polls close on November 3rd by 8 p.m., you will be allowed to vote even if that polling place has to stay open all night. So if you wait until November 3rd, don't forget to take a snack and some non-alcoholic beverages so you can stay hydrated. And you might even want to take a folding chair in case you or one of your neighbors in line need to take a sit down for a spell. That being said, I urge you to please not put off voting until the last minute 
since most of us who are still employed can take some time off to vote, uh, paid time off to vote, and those of us who've already been laid off because of COVID-19, I say, what better way to fight back at this nasty pandemic than to use your franchise to let COVID-19 and those in power who did nothing to arrest it know that you're not afraid to stand online to fight for your family and your community's rights in our democracy. Now, for those of you who know me well, it should come as no surprise who I voted for for president and vice president. I voted for former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris. And although my reasons had a lot to do with the numerous public policy decisions made by the current administration, which have resulted in the rollback of so many environmental regulations that mean so much to me. Now, some of you say, why does someone care about the environment? She's a black lawyer and she fights in bankruptcy court. I am an environmentalist at heart. You know, I was raised by a woman who worked for the Department of the Interior. And I was partially raised in one of the most beautiful places on this planet, Alaska. Pristine, almost the way God created it. But there's been rollbacks of regulations that protect our environment, stop oil drilling, and uh, that were in place that have been rolled back. The most recent one is now you can log up there in, in uh, a pristine wilderness, something that had been forbidden before. So I am, in addition to some of the other things that I care about, human rights, I also think that people of faith have a duty to attempt to keep this planet in the pristine form that our creator gave it to us and ordered us to provide proper stewardship. So that's one of the reasons why I cannot vote for the incumbent. You know, and I I also have other reasons. It has to do with the degradation and the tearing down of so many of our governmental institutions that form the basic infrastructure that make our country great in the first instance. For example, I have been heartbroken to witness the blatant politicization of our judicial system and our courts of law. You know, I'm not a jurist. There is no courtroom bearing my name anywhere in this country or anywhere on this planet for that matter. But courtrooms are where I practice my trade of representing my clients to the best of my ability. As such, I know it should not matter what the religious or political affiliation or other beliefs that are held by the jurists that I and other lawyers stand before. Nor should it matter if that jurist likes me or my religion or my religious beliefs or the political party I belong to or the fact that I'm a person of color or that I'm a female or who I love and who loves me and how I wear my nappy hair. The only thing that should matter in a court of law are the facts and circumstances of the case and the law to apply to those facts to determine either by presidential ruling 
or a valid, well-reasoned rationale articulated by an advocate to expand or extract or contract that existing precedent. I'm not observing that going on right now. And when we come back on the from our short break, I'll give you a little bit more detail. Till then, stay tuned. I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion as to why I'm voting for, or already have voted for, Mr. Biden and Senator Harris. Before we took a a break, I shared with you some of my rationale, uh, especially the fact that as a lawyer, I am heartbroken to have witnessed with many of you, with all of us who are sentient beings, the politicization of our judicial system and our courts. You know, that's a bad thing for anybody who cares about the law. As I was saying earlier, the only thing that should matter to a court of law are the facts and circumstances of the case and the law to be applied to those facts and circumstances as determined by either a one or more presidential rulings or the valid, well-reasoned rationale articulated by a party's advocate for either expanding or contracting the existing president by putting forth a new, well-reasoned theory for the application of the law based on a refreshed look at the existing law under the current circumstances of the society, win, lose, or draw. Period. Now, in my opinion, when a jurist decision is based on a theory of a religious sect that they belong to, no matter what that sect is, even if I belong to that sect, it is not based on the law. Same goes for, you know, if a jurist bases his or her decision on a specific political persuasion, even if I believe in that political persuasion, no matter what that belief is, that judicial system is a tainted decision and makes it an outcome determinative decision. That is to say, we want this outcome. Let's back the facts and the law up to make sure we get that. That's not the way a judicial system should be made. It should be made based on uh, the full vetting of the facts by the advocates on each side of the case, or in some instances, I'm involved in, in litigation where there's like five or six different parties to the case. But each side should, should fully air their position, and the jurist should use his or her understanding of the law and fairness to come to a decision. When that doesn't happen, because we put people in based on the outcome that we want, I think that's a bad thing for us as a society, even if every single one of those jurists that we place on the bench believe as I do or of my own political persuasion or my own religion. So because any of us with the ability to reason 
has witnessed firsthand what has been happening in our courts of late. And as such, I'm deeply troubled by the whole situation. And as such, I cannot vote for the incumbent who put this this play, this tragedy in motion, in my opinion. Now, another reason I support Mr. Biden has everything to do with character. Now, character doesn't matter to some people, but it matters to me. Now, I have not in the past and likely will not in the future agree with everything Mr. Biden has done in his 47 years as a politician. For example, I'm old enough to remember how his committee treated Anita Hill when she came forth to share her own experience with then Mr. Clarence Thomas before he was elevated to the Supreme Court. And as the chairperson of the Judicial Committee at the time, the buck on how Professor Hill was treated stopped with then Senator Biden. I also recall that Senator Biden was an advocate for the judicial reforms that resulted in so many black men, although there were some women, but it was mostly black men being locked up for very long sentences. However, as an active member of Oakland's political community at the time, the then crack cocaine epidemic that caused so many people to resort to crime to fund their habits was also devastating the black community here in Oakland and all across the country, such that many in the black community, including political and religious leaders, urged Senator Biden and then President Clinton to advance these bills. Now, while I have never believed that putting someone in jail for a mental illness or an addiction is the right way to go, I remember debating these issues because I was involved in it. So even if I didn't agree with Mr. Biden, I understand why he and then President Clinton pushed that crime bill. Even so, in hindsight, we all know now that it was wrongheaded. But even looking backwards and imagining the future, I firmly believe that Mr. Biden is and always has been a person of solid character. And we all know that even people of solid character make mistakes as we are all flawed. But our underlying character must always matter and it does always shine through. Now, I know that there are some in the African-American and the, or the progressive community that think Mr. Biden is not progressive enough. I'm not talking about progressivity. And while they don't want the incumbent, these people in the black community, some and some in the progressive community, they say they won't vote for either. They're going to stay at home and strike the polls. That's a really bad idea. To that logic, I say, we as citizens of a flawed society with a flawed election system that notwithstanding its flaws, it's the only system we have. 
And we do not have the luxury of voting for the ideal because the ideal is not on the ballot. We only get to make a binary choice. And as such, in my opinion, when comparing Mr. Biden to the other choice on character alone, I say Mr. Biden, in my opinion, wins hands down. So I've shared with you some secular reasons for supporting Mr. Biden. However, I also have my own spiritual reasons for voting against the incumbent and for Mr. Biden. Now, many of you know, although I'm spiritual, I'm not very religious. So what do I mean by that? I don't practice strict religious dogma. I take a higher level of of approach, trying to make myself do what is right for myself, for my family, for my community, for my universe, practicing the tenets of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, I'm very spiritual, and it comes from the fact that I was raised in the Anglican Communion. Now, the churches of the Anglican Communion consider themselves to be part of one holy Catholic and apostolic church and to be both Catholic and Reformed at the same time, which explains why many of us appear to be psychotic. For some adherents to the Anglican Communion, it represents a non-papal Catholicism. For others, a form of Protestantism though without a dogmatic guiding figure such as a Luther or a Calvin. For others, they self-identify themselves as a combination of the two. Now, the communion encompasses a wide spectrum of beliefs and practices, including evangelicalism, liberalism, and Catholicism. The Anglican communion also is known as the Episcopal Church for those And those who adhere to its tenets are known as Episcopalians. That's the church that I was born into and raised in. Now, when I was a child and a young lady until I was confirmed as a Christian and thereby made responsible for my own soul, those who held my soul in trust, those were my parents, my grandparents, and my godparents, they all insisted that I go to church every Sunday and attend pre-confirmation classes every week. In addition to passages from the Bible, each week the priest would lead us in the prayer of for the people from the Book of Common Prayers. And that prayer would be for our president, for our leaders of our nation and all nations, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Now, we made this prayer not necessarily because we like the sitting president or anyone in authority, but because, especially if we did not like the president or agree with him, we wanted God's grace to shine upon him and help him make informed and righteous decisions for all of us. So I've come to the conclusion that the sitting president has not the spiritual wherewithal necessary to continue to lead us. We separated children from their families. We put those children in cages. 500 of them can't find their parents. And he did not do a job of 
helping us prepare for and uh, arrest the pandemic. Now we have nearly 230,000 people dead with more likely to come. I don't think that those actions are the actions of a person of faith. So I think we should all pray, continue to pray for our current president and wish him the very best as he takes his new role when he's no longer president and that he has safe passage to his new life as a regular citizen amongst us when Mr. Biden takes over the White House next January 2021. So we're going to leave it there for now. And as I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the law that we all should follow in electing the next president of the United States. We need to hold him and one day her accountable for making sure that we always remain a country that God can shine his face upon. So till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 